I'm uh, really tired of these boring Tour de France stages. Nothing going on. Wait, stage 11, stage 12. That's not what happened. So here we are, Tweets Wheels podcast, episode 257. We're going to recap stage 11, which I skipped yesterday because life happens, get busy. Uh, and then stage 12. So yesterday, big one we have going on. And today, another big one. Surprises, surprises all around. All right, everybody. Um, what did you expect? Did you expect Pogacar? What? We're going to do spoil If you watched any of this and you paid attention, big, big. Look, they, we talked about it, um, the race on the Grand Don. By the way, Grand Don, it's another one they do. And then this is the Grand Don. And I confused those, but I talked about it. I mean, when I've said, oh, they go over this, I think it was in the preview, one of the early shows I was talking about it. Uh, but we did get it right for yesterday. 1986 was the only time they've gone up there. And that's when uh, the last day that uh, Bernardino, he lost a bunch of minutes to, and Greg LeMond took the yellow jersey. And the very next day, they do Alpe d'Huez uh, from Briançon to Alpe d'Huez. Almost, I think it's the exact same route because they went over the Galibier and the Croix de Four. And then Alp Duez, which is what we had today. And it's uh, today is the 14th of July. It's uh, Bastille Day. So it's your French Independence Day. It's a big deal out there. So you got crazy fans, crazy everybody. So let's, why don't we start and we'll just recap. Damn, I, I, this is why I should have done it yesterday. But uh, we'll, we'll recap what happened yesterday. I, it's almost too difficult to even explain to everybody. Uh, but we will do our best do our best to do, and then and then we can talk about uh, why we think, why we actually think this uh, this happened, which is the downfall of Pogacar, or is it? I don't know. Okay, so we're gonna tip our way through. <clears throat> so it started out the day. They do a little recap on the GCN thing, uh, the video here, uh, and then we'll they'll do a little bit of yesterday. But it starts out here. You can see Wout and Matthew Vanderpoel. It was from. Kilometer zero. So Jumbo took this thing off. They had a they had a plan to the start. And I just want to say, I think Wout Vennert is an amazing rider. And he and, and by the way, you'd see him turning into an amazing teammate here uh the next two days, partly because he's got this ability to he he's different than a girl, uh, Dylan Grunewagen, as an example, who was on their team, was a pretty good sprinter. Uh, but he can go and he can cap and get some stage wins and some glory on the first few weeks of the first week of this of the tour. Then it's easy for him to just turn over and, and he can actually go uphill. So he's an amazing rider for what he's able to do. And you see that again today, uh, even into Alpe d'Huez, still being up there uh, on, on over all the climbs. Uh, but uh, from kilometer zero, he had it ready to go and he and Matthew Vanderpool took off and then Vanderpool, they went up this really cool climb with some twistiness. So they're going to do a little recap here. And this is, yes, this is the day before the stage 10 Magnus court gets the win. So EF is off there, but here is the key. And we're going to see if this makes much of a difference, which is um, Pogacar going for every single, and I, we talked about this, that he's nickel and diming everybody, but um, that could come back to haunt him. So we'll find out if, I don't know if we'll ever really find out what, what uh, took place, why this was a problem. But he was doing this on stage ten. He had a he had a pretty good advantage going into everybody. Um, Jonas he had thirty nine seconds over Thomas, a minute seventeen. Yates, Godot, all those guys. Pidcock down there, one forty six, and Nilsson um, Palace. Uh, okay, so that was Albertville to La Col du. They go over the Galibier, the Telegraph, this La Quête de Mont Vernet. That was pretty cool. It was it's got a bunch of uh, 
switchbacks, kind of like Alpe d'Huez, 151.7 kilometers. And then obviously this Col de Granon, uh, Serre Chevalet. Very interesting um, climb. It was all exposed. It's like 20K. It's pretty nasty. So here's uh, kilometer zero, literally kilometer zero, Wout going up the road. Um, he gets a few sprint points again. He's just killing everybody in that. Uh, other riders uh, end up coming up to it and they go over the telegraph and you can see right here, there's a little gap. I think Laporte was on the front perhaps and Roglic takes his shot. He takes a shot over the top of this and they start sprinting down around the back. So let's take a look here. Uh, go back here. Okay. So the telegraph and you got just a teeny little rest right there. And then it goes all the way up to Galibier, which is a long climb. So there's not much on the downhill and he decides he's going to just hit it out. So that's exactly what happens. Um, he starts attacking on the downhill. Pogacar comes up with him and it starts spreading. Now this is like 63, 60, uh, inside 70K to go. And we've got the Galibier to do and the Grand on and it, it is on. And, and what happens is since Pogacar is Roglic, I mean, since Roglic actually has a pedigree and he's won multiple Vueltas, he's won multiple stage wins and, and, Pogacar actually knows how good he is. You don't let him necessarily up, get any leash. And so what happens is he's attacking. And look, you can look back and say, Pogacar should have just maybe let him go. But Pogacar jumps on his wheel every time. And then, boom, Jonas hits. And then Pogacar hits. And they just keep going back. And at some point, um, Pogacar, him, um, Roglic hits. And then Pogacar actually decides to just kind of go on his own. And he starts dropping people. So this is another amazing thing that you got to look in this day. There's, it's like a washing machine of guys getting kicked out the back. And a lot, lot of times you see they're spit out the back and they're gone for good. But G. Thomas keeps clawing his way back in there. A bunch of these riders end up clawing their way back and back and back. They go over the, the Galibier and um, there's... Here's, here's another Roglic attacking when they have the main group all back together. Um, then he gets spit off on the Galibier. Uh, Warren Bargui is up in the break, and he ends up taking off. And then um, you have here's Pogacar going up on the Galibier, doing a lot of work. I don't know that it was necessary. His team was gone, and then he just decides to keep doing a bunch of work. Warren Bargui, who, I'll tell a quick story here, evidently he's not a great guy. Uh, ben O'Connor yelled at him the other day. The, the issues with... Uh, Garrett Thomas's glasses, evidently uh, Bargui hit him and uh, broke him. And so he was out of his glasses for a while. Um, but Wout is up ahead in the break and he comes back and Pogacar had been spit out on the, uh, Roglic had, sorry, had been spit out on the Galibier as had Sepp Kuss. Um, there was, Kroizek was still around there. Um, Jonas was up there with Pogacar. And so Wout comes back and then it's, I think that's about a minute and a half that, uh, Roglic is behind the yellow jersey and Wout sits up, waits, and goes all the way back and collects Roglic. Now, he brings him up, which he also brings up Gadu, uh, Vlasov, uh, Pidcock. Um, he also brings up Rafa Micah, which to me, this might have been the only questionable little scenario for the um, the Jumbo team that day of, of doing it, like going all the way back, bringing him up because at one point, yeah, Jumbo was completely dominating and outnumbering Pogacar. But now you brought up Micah, and then you see in the end here, well, they, they get back, they start going up the ground on, and um, Roglic hits the front like a solid teammate, 10K here. He's actually, um, that's Bargui, so they're back a little bit of ways. But um, he hits the front, 
<clears throat> he starts going pretty hard. And then you have Kreuzwick. Uh, Sepkos makes a little bit of a help, but not much. And then it's Rafa Michael on the front. But he's not he's not pushing so hard that he is killing everybody. Nairo spits out, you know, somewhere down at the bottom. He decides to attack. Then you had, <laughs> and, um, you know, it's kind of odd because his teammates up the Warren road, Warren Bagui, uh, Roman Bardet takes off. And I think you could just kind of tell from behind uh, Rafa Michael kind of, Micah kind of, you know, increases the pace. But when he's doing that, he's actually just tethering himself a little bit, uh, untethering, I guess, to Pogacar. You could tell. And maybe that's when Jonas decides to just take off. So he, Jonas takes off and he's in pursuit of Nairo. He's in pursuit of Micah and a few other guys up the road. And I think Geshka maybe had been up there. That meant, I'm not sure if they had collected him at any point. Um, and at uh, 4K to go, uh, Nairo overtakes his teammate, Warren Bagui, who was kind of pedaling, uh, knee-knocking squares. Uh, Jonas just continues on. And in the end, Jonas uh, Vinegar wins the stage and puts some serious time into everybody. He looked uh, pretty solid. You had um, Nairo coming in here. Uh, we'll get to the uh, times here, but uh, 112 back was Roman Bardet, so he looked pretty good. Uh, Garrett Thomas, once again, just fighting and fighting all day long, was able to hold on, but 252 back, Pogachar looked pretty dead. He was getting people just walking past him um, on the climb, as far as other riders like Yates, as an example. Uh, Vinigo over Quintana, 59 seconds, Roman Bardet, Garrett Thomas, 134, Gadu. Yates, Pogacar, Lutsenko, Kreuzwick, Bargi. So we'll walk through some of the riders and um, on the GC and see how everyone did. Kind of the breakdown as we always do. Vinigo is on the phone with his lady. Um, call them partners over there. I think in America we call them baby mamas. So that's that's what he had <laughs> going there. Uh, so here's the GC going after uh, Vinigo uh, in first, Bardet in second, 216 back. Pogacar, 222, just very closely. Uh, Garrett Thomas, 226. Quintana moved up, 337. Yates, Gadu, Vlasov, Lutsenko, Kreuzwick. Uh, big loser on the day was Nielsen Palace. Uh, ended up losing a bunch of uh, time. But, you know, I don't know if we expected much other than that um, from him as far as GC stuff. And we'll, we'll take a look kind of uh, on today, see how that went. Um, let's take a look here. Pro cycling stats. Okay, I think we want to go to that's that's spoiling it here. So uh, how about Tour de France yesterday's stage? <clears throat> Vinigo, we saw that, uh, but I just want to break down kind of some some teams and some riders. We'll walk through all our teams. Let's do the Americans first. Uh, so you had Sepkas. He's the only one that kind of stayed up there. He came across the line with. Uh, Roglic, who turned himself into quite the teammate. Brandon McNulty did not help. He, he, I don't know if it was a suffer date or what, uh, but uh, I think it was for everybody. But um, maybe it was the fact that the team was on the front trying to control early on. And, you know, this goes back to just the day before, you know, you know, you got Roglic, uh, Progacha, I'm sorry, you know, sprinting near the end, uh, making sure that he's in yellow and then putting his team kind of, team kind of under pressure. Maybe it would have been better to have Kamna and some of those other, uh, Bora doing some work today. McNulty, 24. Dombrowski, 25, Palace, 26 minutes back at 36. Mateo Jorgensen, who had been in the break the day before, 27. Quinn Simmons losing 30, but uh, staying in there. Okay, so on GC, you can see here, Sepkus moved up nine places, but he's not really in there for the GC battle. 
Uh, Palace dropped uh, nine places all the way down to 20th. Okay, so let's walk through this the stage here, and we're going to do our thing where we just walk through each team so you can see how the leaders are doing. Youngles had kind of moved up from his win a few days earlier, but he ended up losing 13 minutes. So, you know, what it is for them. Um, Alpeson, the Koenig, they didn't really have any GC hopes. Lutsenko for Astana. He lost 338, so he actually moved. He's in eighth, uh, eighth on the day uh, as far as the GC goes. He moves up eight places, uh, and um, that's pretty solid for him. Uh, B&B, no one really there. Bahrain, they're losing out. Uh, Fred Wright, Dylan Toynes, who's uh, Damiano Caruso, was kind of their GC hope, but he, you know, he's not really in it anymore. Uh, Lutz, uh, let me see. Vlasov, he ends up losing 440. <clears throat> moves up though six places to eighth place on GC. Shackman's down. Conrad Kamna, he went all the way down. He, he there wasn't a chance for that. Kofidis has Jesh Geska up there, but he's not really in the overall. EF Nilsson Palace, Roberto uh, Rigoberto Uran is out of it. Uh, Palace dropped uh, to the 20th. Grupama, David Gadu only loses 204. He ended up coming past. Um, so he moved up to or down a spot actually. He's in seventh place, 313 out. Uh, still, still looking. Fairly good, but we'll see how that goes today. Uh, Ineos, Garrett Thomas ends up with a solid uh, ride, just being consistent. He didn't go after all the little moves. I mean, he went with them, but he didn't like try to jump on them because he can't do that quick back and forth like uh, Pogacar, Roglic, and, and Jonas were doing. Uh, Yates, though, also comes past uh, Vinic- I'm sorry, uh, Pogacar in the finish there. And Pidcock ended up losing a little bit more time, uh, down nine minutes on the day. He drops three places to third. Keep that in mind. Yates down one uh, to f- sixth place, 306 back, 226. So they still have somewhat of a fighting chance. And look, uh, if you remember back when I was talking about when they had Danny, Mar- or Danny Martinez still kind of in the mix, and you're like, hey, their idea is to keep these guys close. So when they attack, you've got to put pressure on the teams. And that was the important part for Roglic still being in the mix just enough. And once again, having the pedigree that he does have where you have to actually watch him. He could go from a long ways out. He's done that before. So uh, Pogacar was in the, in without much of a team at that point, he needed to follow those moves and those moves drove him down, chipped away at him, but uh, he had also been chipping away at himself, I believe. And I don't know if there might've been something else in the mix, but I think the biggest problem that he had was going, they're going one, two, one, two, and he's going after each one. And then he's following and then he's attacking. He said he felt great over the Galibier, but you know, obviously something happened and, um, wore him down. Uh, so yeah, Ineos, uh, into Wanchu Marche, Louis, uh, Menches, he went up three places, but he lost, uh, GC. He lost 12 minutes on the day. Uh, Israel, they're, no one, Chris Froome, 27 minutes. Uh, keep that in mind. And, uh, Mike Wood's been a disappointment. Mike Woods, uh, 27 minutes. Haven't really seen him do much at all. Uh, obviously, Vinigo won. Korezwick, Sepp, Roglic, Tish Benut. Uh, Tish Benut was kind of lit that thing off as well. Uh, many times there for the guys, uh, uh, Jonas and and Roglic. It was, he, he's done an amazing... Christopher, everybody on that team has been very impressive. Lotto, they're just holding, uh, trying to get uh, Caleb Ewan to the finish. Uh, Enrique Moss, he ends up having a not-so-good day. He uh, eight minutes back, so he ended up getting uh, dropped a little too early. Uh, as far as GC goes, he went down one place, uh, but he's still nine minutes overall. So kind of a wonky for him. Quick step, not in the GC talk. Naira moves his way up. Uh, he's now uh, fifth place, uh, 237. Once again, this is stage 11. We'll, we'll 
talk about stage 12. Bike Exchange, Nick Schultz is their best bet there. DSM, Roman Bardet said he came just for stage shots and he's in the GC mix. Okay. Total Energies, not really caring there. Trek, uh, not really caring there either because they don't really have anybody. And then UAE, we saw that. Pogachar, Rafael Micah, uh, Mike and Brandon McNulty. Uh, a little bit of a tougher day for him yesterday. Okay. So now we are in the midst of stage 12. Okay. That's happened this morning. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I don't think that they, again, let's see if, let's see. Oh, you know, we'll do the last K here. So there gets a breakaway early in the day. And Nelson, and, and by the way, this breakaway, um, let's see, this is the last kilometer. That's fine. Um, take a look, see if we can find the, pre maybe we have to go over the preview on this one. Briançon to Alpduez. Um, do we know much about those? Uh, Alpduez, it's been there many times. 30 years ago today, or not today, but 30 years ago, um, from the 1992, uh, first American got their win up there. It was Andy Hampton. Uh, I think he was riding from Motorola at the time. He gets in a break. He'd been having a, quite a good day. I think th that one ended on Sestrier like the day before. Uh, I think he was like fourth or so. He got in the move there. He, he did a great job. He's doing well through the Alps. Uh, comes into Alpe d'Huez, gets in the early in a move there, gets up the road, and uh, dumps everybody off and ends up uh, holding off for the win. Evidently, he had punched some kid on the way up, too, because a kid got in his way. And as you see, the crowds today were a little overzealous. But um, someone mentioned it about him, like, hey, why are you hitting this kid? And he's like, well, you don't teach him early. They'll never <laughs> they'll never learn. Uh, probably correct. Um, let's just take a look. And these are the results. But I wanted to take a look at the um, – the, the... so if you look back in 1986, we talked about this before. And I actually – I was maybe I should bring – I don't know if I'm going to bring the video up here. But it's the exact same route. They call the Glebier. They go up a little different side from um, Briançon. And then they go up the Col de Croix de Feu. And then the Alpe d'Huez, okay? Pretty nasty and big climb. So this first one here started out early. You had a, let's see if they could do the live stats here. Give us an idea of what happened early on. I might have to go way back. Let's see if we can find out where the break is. They're not showing us. Well, I'll tell you who's in it. <clears throat> After they spit out over the over the quarter through, it ends up with Julia Ciccone, Nilsson Palace, Louis Menkes, uh, Chris Froome, and Thomas Pidcock. And what's important about that is you look at you look at those riders. Um, Pidcock, he's an Olympic champion on the mountain bike. Okay, that's pretty. He's pretty solid. There, he's, he's won some other big races. Chris Froome, four-time Tour de France winner, winner of the 2019 Giro. Louis Menkes, uh, he's always a perennial top ten. And Nilsson Palace won San Sebastian, almost in the yellow jersey. Uh, Julia Ciccone won the yellow jersey uh, a few years ago when they finished on Planche de Belfi. He was second to Dylan Toynes and then wore the jersey for a day. He's won, um, the, I think, three stages of the Giro. He's also won the King of the Mountains for the Giro. So this was a pretty heady group. They ended up, um, I see the back in here of the quarter four they had like six or so minutes but down the valley uh jumbo was really drilling it pretty good this long uh, kind of ups and downs chris Froome looked like he was kind of hurting so was uh nelson they just didn't look the best to me going down the mountain was the best looking it was pidcock he was out of control <clears throat> super fast uh coming to up the west they have about <clears throat> excuse me have about a six minute five six minute lead i think there and they go ahead and, and hit out uh, Pidcock, uh, the first guy that came off the group. Um, well, Nelson Palace does. 
Um, Chris Froome does a little bit, and they have kind of a, a move. Oh, Jaconi comes off at some point as well. And you have um, Thomas Pidcock taken off. Uh, Lou Menches just holds him in a little bit. He actually said he would prefer to have Pidcock be a little bit uh, further ahead of him. He didn't want to catch him because he's like, then you start doing the cat and mouse things. And I figured this was the best way for us to both stay away. He's like, but then at some point he goes, the elastic broke and I just couldn't really hold on to that anymore. So um, there you go. So as it turns out, Thomas Pidcock ends up with the win. He ends up staying away. Menches comes in about, I want to say a minute or so later. Chris Froome had been holding on there as well. He ends up getting about a minute 30 back. Um, and then uh, Menches and, I'm sorry, um, Chris Froome, then Nilsson Palace. And then right after Nilsson, it was uh, the group of the, the yellow jersey. So what you really had there, and, you know, Alpdoz is great, but this is nothing like yesterday. Yesterday was the day where we had uh, full-blown everything that happened. Maybe we'll try to walk through. Let's do this. Let's go to 1K to go. We'll try not to get blasted off of uh, YouTube here. Um, so 1K to go. Uh, it's the last K for the Jonas and Pogacar. Now, what I saw with Pogacar was um, he decided he's going to attack. Now, the, the, team had the team of Jumbo had whittled everything down. People were f just flying off, and it's just the pace being set. Roglic comes onto the front. What a teammate. Does a great thing. You know, look, this is the, the kind of the concerns you have with some of this is um, – when you have the multi-prong, is there going to be this conflict that you've seen with Movie Star and some of these other teams, or maybe even Sky back in the day with uh, Froome and Wiggins, and you know there's, their wives are going at it on Twitter. Um, I this is why I think Jumbo is the way they are because you saw Roglic yesterday. I don't know if he had in his mind that he wasn't going to be able to do it, but he kept coming and, and hitting, and it was so important that he did because once again we talked about that. Pogacar had no choice but to try to follow. And he wasn't quite able to um, do so in the end. But, you know, Roglic ends up losing all the time. He comes on the front here today, and he's not the uh, the last domestique that you might think he would be for Jonas. He's actually before Sepp Kuss. Sepp Kuss is the last one in the last 5Ks, drilling it down, bringing the, the gap down further and further. And then you'd see Pogacar. And this is why I don't think he's fully recovered. He ends up attacking like three or so K to go. <clears throat> Jonas easily gets on his wheel, sits on there for a little bit, and then Pogacar sits up, allows Garrett Thomas, uh, Sepp Kuss, and I think Andrik Maas, uh, someone else there, because Bardet gets kind of spit out a little bit. Nairo gets kind of spit out a little bit. And so then you start to see this, and and once again, these uh, Pogacar then attacks again. Jonas easily gets on his wheel, and he sits up. So you typically would see Pogacar attack, and then just drill <laughs> to the end of the stage, just doing everything he can and maybe continuously attacking. But that's not what happened here. So um, at some point he had attacked and then he just kind of sits there. And then Jonas ends up kind of coming up to his wheel. And you can tell it's just it's just not the same. It's not the same. Uh, Garrett Thomas brings him back. <clears throat> um, and then when Thomas gets up there, you're going to see just a little bit behind here with 1K to go. Um, Sepp Kuss gets drugged back up to the front. Thomas Kip Pidcock, however, he comes across for the win. Um, there's Jonas being brought up to by Enrique Moss. Pidcock for the win. Good for him. Youngest, I think, rider to win on Alpe d'Huez, another uh, British rider. Um, Jonas in there. Menkes comes across. Sepp Kuss comes back up to the front and, and pulls super, super good. Uh, he was very impressive today. And... Um, Louis Menkes, and they didn't really show the rest of them in there. So who am I pressed by? <clears throat> well, let's just go to the results. And I'm impressed by a lot of people. 
Thomas Pitcock wins uh, 48 seconds over Menkes. Uh, Chris Froome, 206. Nilsson Palace, 229. And then he holds off just about a minute over Pogacar, Vinigo, Thomas, Anik Mas, and Sepp Kuss. Dropping a little bit with Chikoni, Bardet, Yates, Gadu, Quintana, Kreuzwick, Lutsenko, and Jungles. Um, I, I'm impressed by a few people here. One, um, this may sound stupid, but uh, Brian, Brian Zimney chimed in here. Too hot for Pog? He said he doesn't like the heat. Yeah, he doesn't like the heat, but um, I don't think that's. I mean, maybe that's why it's uh, three minutes. I mean, he's he's racing the heat before, so I don't think you lose. The, I, I don't know. Maybe the heat caused him. I think maybe all the action and maybe the heat combine combine of everything. Maybe didn't fuel just quite right because of the heat, um, being uncomfortable, having you know all these attacks going on. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think once again. I don't think he recovered fully, as you can see today. He just wasn't quite on form. Kurt Mills seems to think that that's just what happens when you get COVID. Um, I, I don't know that he has it, but um, Chris Froome, though, I was impressed with him. And you wouldn't normally say that you know, losing two minutes there, but he held off the field. He still he only lost two minutes to Pidcock. Uh, he was able to to go over all the climbs. He stayed with the group. It was an impressive little group that they had going. I was also impressed with Nilsson Palace being able to also you know after big loss there, it probably had a little bit out of his reach what he's doing with GC. But it's great to see him come back. I mean, who's done who's done what for EF? Obviously, Magnus Court has done everything for EF. Uh, Nilsson's been up there. You know, this is his second, fourth place. I want to say, right? Wasn't he fourth or so on the on the the day in the the um, the the cobbles? So another impression. Uh, he's also very very close on the GC. Um, so I'm been impressed with him coming back on this. I don't know that you know Alberto Bediol, I guess was up there a little bit for EF. Uh, otherwise, it's really just been he and Magnus. And I'm sure the team is, is doing work for both of them. So that's good, though. Uh, and and Sepkas coming into the finish, <clears throat> just dancing on the pedals, riding off Adam Yates, riding off. Uh, uh, um, who else was it? Giacconi. Oh, no, Giacconi, they caught at the end. Uh, riding off Gar uh, Gadu, uh, Bardet, Quintana, Kreuzer. I mean, it was it was an impressive day for our man uh, from Durango. So good for him. Let's walk through the teams once again. Bob Jungles, six minutes down. Remember, three minutes or so uh, to the stage. Uh, we don't really care off of Pidcock necessarily, uh, but uh, I don't think, I mean, Jungles, he moved one up to 16th place. Is that really what he's going for? Maybe. Alpeson, once again, we don't care. Astana, Lutsenko ends up uh, 529, so he has a pretty good day. He actually moves down two, though, overall in the GC. Um, BNB, we're not concerned. Bahrain, Luis Leon Sanchez, 10 minutes. Bora. Uh, Vlasov loses six, so about three or so there to the the, the GC group. Kofidis, EF, Nilsson Palace gets himself up there. He ends up moving up on GC two places to 18th, uh, solid in the top 20. David Gadu loses uh, a little bit, fourth, 17. So he's one of the, I wouldn't say big losers, but he's one of the more losers. Ineos, great day. Pidcock in first. Garrett Thomas coming in with the main group. <clears throat> and Adam Yates just losing a handful of seconds there. So as far as GC goes, they're on three, five, and eight. So they still, you know, this is what happens with Pitcock coming back kind of into the picture now. You do another big day like he did today. Uh, they've got to actually worry about that kind of stuff. Lou Menches, uh, great day for him. Moves up the saddle a little bit. Um, second on the day, but on GC, he's 13th. Israel, this was good for Froome. But, you know, overall, they don't really have much going on. Uh, Jumbo, great day for them still. Vinigo, Sepkus, staying up there. 
nothing nothing changes. I mean, uh, Sepp actually moves up a few places uh, to 17th from 18th. Roglic down a spot, 20 minutes plus for both of them. And Kreuzberg at 14, but you know they don't care. It's all in for Vinigo. Um, Lotto, nothing there. Movie star Enrique Moss, actually a solid day for him. Uh, moves up one, uh, 9.32, so a little bit of a recovery. It's interesting to see which guys go well and which guys don't. So, so Nairo, who had a great day yesterday, ends up losing a little bit today. <clears throat> and uh, drops down one on GC 358, but he's still within shooting distance. You never know what's going to happen here. Team bike exchange, nothing. They look at them. DSM Roman Bardet uh, drops a little bit, 342, but he was just close enough, so he drops one spot um, to fourth at 235 on GC. Uh, total energies don't really care. UAE Pogacar doesn't lose any time, but he moves up a spot. Rafa Michael 331 minutes out uh, overall. Don't really care there, uh, but he had he was. Not too far. Brandon McNulty um, loses 27 minutes today, so he gets dropped early. I think he got dropped on the Croix de Friere, so who knows? Who knows what he's up to? Okay, what do we got going tomorrow? Borgoson to Saint-Antienne. This is usually a kind of like a transition type thing a day, I think. But you got some climbs in there, so this is definitely a day for the breakaway. You think of Balcomolomer type, um, Wout, <laughs> maybe Wout, maybe Magnus. I don't know who would even pick anymore on this one. So this is your Thursday, uh, Friday. Uh, what's what's today? Is today Thursday? I think so. Uh, that's your Friday stage. Uh, San Etienne to Mendates. This one's going to be rough because this is the plateau up there to this, uh, the airfield on the top. And this is some sticky roads. This is going to be nasty. This could be a, a leg breaker for, you can see some GC crap going on here. Um, and then Sunday, you've got... Not as big. I'm a little disappointed in the weekend stuff, right? Trying to watch this today. And you know, I actually got called into court. It was like an emergency hearing that I, I'm not definitely wasn't dressed for. Uh, but um I did it on Zoom, so we're all good. But I would prefer to watch the, the whole race instead. Carcassonne, and then you're gonna have a rest day, then you're gonna start hitting the Pyrenees. Um, but let's see, do we have here we go? Parasword, that's what Tuesday, Wednesday, and how to comb. Another solid one, 19. Uh, your sprint day maybe for Caleb Ewing if he could get through. And then you have your time trial. Oof, rough. Okay, well, anyway, tour's been upended, but is it over? Is is Vinigo now just, honestly, I hope, this is the crazy stuff because I, I don't really care either way, but I didn't want to just see a runaway tour either. So, um, I wish Pogarchar hadn't lost as much time as he did because I want to see a battle, right? Um, I don't. They don't have the team. UAE does not have the team. Jumbo did, and I can, you can see that today. Jumbo um, guys left at the end. You know, Brandon McNulty getting shelled out there early. They only had Ralph and Michael, and Pogarchar just has not recovered. I mean, that's to me apparent. He's able to kick, but he's not quite the guy he was. So. I would like to see him recover a little bit more so that we can start to have this battle. And I'd like to see him take some time back from Jonas so this thing just gets a little bit better uh, where you're really putting the teams under pressure. And by the way, I'm like, tune in today. It's like 100 kilometers to go, 60 kilometers to go, and they're all together. I'm like, didn't we learn yesterday that it's more enjoyable for everybody if we like have some sort of massive attacks and this whole thing is shredded to pieces? Um, Formigal, isn't that a, a race that they had? Isn't that the time... Super short race in the Vuelta. I'm trying to remember, 16, 17, somewhere around there. Chris Froome has the lead, and everything ignites from right off the bat, and he loses it. Um, let's see what Brian says here. 
Brian says he could take back a minute in the long TT. If he clips away over the next week or so, he could get in range for the TT. But remember, last year, Jonas took, I want to say, 30, 40 seconds out of Pogacar in the final TT, which was 30K. I don't know. So Jonas Jonas is not uh, Michael Rasmussen he, or Bardet. He can time trial. So we've got the problem there with that. All right, everybody. Um, and we'll see you tomorrow. Small Friday. I think I just determined that. Today's Thursday. Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday. We'll have another stage. Maybe some more excitement. We'll try to do it right after the stage concludes like this so that I don't actually have the DCM coverage stuff. But, um, there we go. Take care, everybody.